0: Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Getting Ready, The Awe of God, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on November 27, 2016.
1: No, nobody. Just a few. All right, more power to you. I tell you what, it's it's interesting because my wife and I, we've uh, a couple of times we actually have gone out and uh, just to kind of see what happens on the, the day after Thanksgiving, and it's 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 pretty uh, interesting, isn't it? It's, it's pretty interesting. I guess that's probably a delicate word, but um, what I noticed though what I noticed is is I was shopping and kind of just watching people do their thing. And there's a lot of people, lines everywhere, a lot of things going on, a lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation about saving some money and getting that deal and that bargain and that one gift, you know, that our kids want. What I noticed is that the ladies, you guys come prepared, don't you? And I may be wrong in saying that. Maybe some of the men do that also, but it's interesting to watch. Usually the men, you'll see them kind of off to the side or sitting on a bench or just wondering, why in the world am I here? You know? And then the ladies are just, they're, they're going after it. They, they actually have a focus, right? You know, they, They've come prepared and you know, they've got their list. They've done their homework. They've looked at the ads and they've really mapped it out. And even to the degree that, that Walmart, you may already know this, but Walmart... They actually will um, online. You can go online, and you can get a map of their store, and it tells you exactly where all the, I guess the the pallets of goods or the the items that are on their circular and their ad um, are placed within the store. So you can come in there with a, a with a strategy. Did you already know that? Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? But but they're really focused on what they're doing. You know. It's, it's kind of disheartening to a degree that when we, when we come to this time of year, when we, when we come together as the body of Christ, that sometimes um, because of the busyness of life and, and kind of how the world has, has transitioned and changed this season and this time of year for us as, as people, um, we kind of lose our focus. And, and we don't come ready. In our passage today, as we read in the Gospel of Luke, and if you would, grab your Bibles, grab your iPads or your phones or or whatever you use, and we're going to read in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. And God tells us something very specific in this passage here. He's kind of preparing his people for the coming Messiah. He's doing some things through some individuals, through some people, in preparation to get them ready for the Messiah. And it's very specific what God does in this passage. He uses some individuals and some people to prepare the way for Jesus Christ. And so this morning, my prayer is that as we gather together, as we think about the coming days, as we think about the time of year and the season that we're in, is that we would take the moment and take the time to get ready. Get ready for our coming Savior. Will you pray with me? Father, we we thank you for this morning. We thank you for just all that you are doing. We thank you for the love and the grace that you have given us. Father, as we open up your word, our prayer is that you would speak to us, that we would hear your voice, that you would help us to better understand the things that you are doing and how you are preparing us and shaping us for the things that you will do in the coming days. And Lord, we pray that by the power of your spirit that we would be impassioned, that we would be empowered, and that we would be bold to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. So Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this privilege. And we ask that you would bless us in this moment, that you would speak to us, that you would teach us, and that you would reveal to us the things that you have for us. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to read this morning in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 5 through 19 together. So if you have your Bibles, everybody ready? All right, that was a little better. We'll work on that, okay? Just be ready, because I'm going to ask you that a few times, okay? I want a big uh, yahoo and a yippee. We're ready. All right, let's do this. All right, starting in verse 5, it says, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and the statues of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both advanced in years. Now while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the customs of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot, ...to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayers have been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son." And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you the good news. See, in our passage, we see the angel of God give Zechariah some promises here. In fact, there's about six promises that we see here that would help us to understand the greatness of God, the goodness of God. And I think many times in our lives as individuals, as we think about the promises that God has given us as people, we lose sight of those promises. We forget about those promises. And we come on a Sunday morning and we hear a verse or a passage and we we hold on to that promise in that moment and then we walk away from here and then we get busy in life and our focus kind of turns on other things. And then when a tough moment happens or maybe nothing happens, we lose sight of that promise. We forget. But the angel here, he reminds Zechariah of some specific things. See, he tells them that your prayers are going to be answered. He says that God has been gracious by the very name John. It means God is gracious, God of grace. He tells them, your people will know joy and gladness. The child that you will bear will be great and he'll prepare the way for the coming Savior. He says the nation of Israel will see a revival They'll come to know the Lord your God. And he says that your child will again be a forerunner of the coming Messiah. He'll prepare the way for Jesus Christ. See, these are all promises that God has given to Zachariah. And on our text this morning, my hope is that, that God would remind us that you and I have these promises, that God has given us His word, and He has promised us some very specific things. You know, there, there's a, a, a very tough question that I want to ask you this morning. Are you in awe of God? You know, that that question, if you really think about it and you start to chew on it a little bit and and really digest it, it'll be, if you're in awe of God, it'll be reflective in your life. Because you will do things and live in a certain way that'll be a reflection of the awe of God. But I I think there's a starting place for us. Because the the next natural question, people will, well, how, how do I... How do I experience the awe of God? How, how do I become in awe of God? Well, I think, in my, my personal opinion, is that, that we, we lean on the promises of God's word. And when we lean on those promises and we, we get into the presence of God and we see the promises that are being revealed to us, we see the miraculous happen. We see all the great things that God wants to do, not only in our lives, but in the lives of those around us. And that moves us into the awe of God. See, in our text here, we have to be ready. We have to prepare for all the miracles that God wants to do in our lives and in the lives of those around us. And so we begin And the first thing that we see here in verse 6 is that we should live a life on call for God. See, in verse 6 it says, And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. See, Zechariah and his wife were just a normal average couple living their lives for God. There had been no real miracles happening in their lives, but they were praying for something very specific. They were seeking God, and they were asking Him for something very specific. See, because Elizabeth was barren. She couldn't bear a child. And from our story, we see that that was something that was was very meaningful for them. In that time, to have a child or to be without a child was very significant when it come, came to the structure of a family. Yet, we see that, that they live these obedient lives. And here's the, the cool thing about Zechariah and Elizabeth. Even though they weren't seeing any miraculous things going on in their lives, even though they weren't seeing these miracles, their answer to prayer hadn't yet come, they were still living a life in obedience to God. See, they were, what I would say, they were living their life on call. How many of you have ever uh, lived or worked for a company where you're on call? So you know that, that you have to be ready at any moment, right? You know that you're kind of, now in today's time in technology, you're looking at your phone wondering, all right, what's going on here? You know that in the middle of the night, you might get a call saying, you, we need you here and we need you right now. See, that's what Zechariah did in Elizabeth by living these lives of obedience, living by the commands of God, is that they lived their life on call, just waiting for that moment when God would call them and say, hey, I need you, I'm going to use you. To you and I, we should live our lives on call. Even if there's nothing going on in our lives, even if, if life is just kind of mundane and okay. We should always be ready. We should always be prepared for that moment when God will call us. See, I think the one thing that we lose sight of, one thing that we have to remember is that that God is always at work. God is never silent. God is always moving in his people. He's always at work in someone's life. And there's going to be a point in our lives that God will call us and he'll say, Hey Floyd, you know what? There's an individual over here that I'm going to put in front of you and bring into your life. And there's a purpose behind that. See, many of you are here this morning because God did that very thing for you. And there may have been some tough moments on that journey. There may have been some things that kind of God allowed to happen and God orchestrated to bring you to that one place. But remember this, that God is never silent. That God is always at work. But we have to be ready. We have to live our lives on call, trusting and knowing that God God is at work. I want to ask you again are you living your life on call are you ready yeah. hey there you go you are you're pretty good yeah. a lot better i like that well if your answer is yes i want you to hear what it says in second timothy last part of verse 8 and, and verse 9 it says by the power of god who saved us and called us to a holy calling not because of our works not because we're good or we're perfect or we've got it all figured out, but because of His own purpose and grace. Do you hear that? I want you to underline that. Because of His own purpose and grace, which He gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. There it is. Do you see it? See, that's the awe of God. See that's understanding that God has given us a promise that He's going to use us for a purpose, and He's given us His Son Jesus Christ, and because of that, you and I should be in awe of who He is. You know, I, I think about my own life, you know, um, and I don't want to sound like I'm beating up on myself, so, but, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm I'm the average height of a woman, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not that special, you know, when it comes to the world standards. But, but in God's eyes, man, I, I believe I'm special. You know, I believe that, that, that God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son so that I would have eternal life if I would believe in the Savior, Jesus Christ. That very statement, that very promise should leave you and I in awe of God. See, but there's more. There's more for us. God wants to use us. God wants to use me. See, and it's not because I'm this special person. It's not because I've got these great talents and abilities. Though God will use the talents and abilities that I have and he will use the talents and abilities you have but it's for the simple fact that one, that God is calling us and he has a purpose for us and it's because of his wonderful and tremendous, awe-inspiring grace. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. You know, what an amazing thought to be able to live on call for Jesus, to be able to live this life. See, the next thing that we see here, because of that, Is that we should keep praying with persistence. In verse 13, it says, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. God is gracious. See, we see in this life that Zechariah and Elizabeth had lived that they were people of prayer. And God heard their prayer. And at just the right moment, God answers this prayer. And he comes to him and he says, I will give you a child. And not only am I going to give you a child, but through that child, I'm going to do something pretty darn amazing. I'm going to leave you and your wife and the Israelites in awe of me. The Lord, your God. See, but he lived a life of prayer. So what does God say about our prayer? What, what do we need to know about prayer? What, what would you say would be the, the most important thing about a life of prayer? Well, I've got one for you. I think it's something that, that we kind of lose sight of, but it's just simply this. And I want you to hold on to this. I want you to write this down. I want you to remember this, that there is power in prayer, there is power in prayer. See, a life that is persistent, that is constant in prayer, reveals the power of God. You and I, we need to be prayerful. You and I, we can never pray enough. And my wife and I, we talk about this every now and then and we you know we're part of different prayer chains and different you know elements you know within the church and different people that we get prayer requests from and the reality is if that that if we were really consistent or constant or persistent in our prayers we would probably spend hour upon hour upon hour praying and we do we really do because Sometimes we we forget that the aspect of prayer isn't just just, it's part of, but it just isn't going into a closet and praying. Now that's important. That's intimacy with God and, and we should do that. But we can't forget that we have opportunity to pray throughout the day. That every moment that we live, every opportunity that we have, we can be in dialogue with God as we're driving down the road, we could talk to God and say, God, you know, as I'm going to work right now, I have a coworker that I struggle with. I have a hard time with. And I know that you put me in his life for a reason. And if this is the moment that you're using to bring him to know you, then Father, give me the words. Give me the things that I would need to point him to you. There are so many different opportunities. And yes, it it begins in a closet, in a quiet space, alone with God. We have to create that intimacy and we have to move towards that intimacy. But it needs to be constant. It needs to be persistent. It needs to be all the time. Because why? There's power in prayer. First John five fourteen and fifteen and says this says this and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us, and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked him. I want to ask you this morning: Will you partner with me? Will you partner with all of the people in these t- chairs this morning and begin? to be a church of prayer. So we're going to start a new ministry. We're calling it Prayer First. And it's simple. We're just going to gather together on the first Monday of every month from 6.30 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. And if you can come for the whole hour, if you can come for five minutes, however long you can come, but we're going to put prayer first as the body of Christ. We're going to come to Him and we're going to ask Him to restore our nation, to heal our lands, to draw us closer as the body of Christ, to to guide us on this path that he set before us, to to reveal to us the things that he has for us and to bring those that he will have come and help us to be ready for those moments. So again, are you ready to do that? Amen. Amen. The first Monday of every month. Remember that. Let's pray together. I found this really cool little quote and I I love what it said. It says this. says, The value of persistent prayer is not that he will hear us, but that we will finally hear him. Did you catch that? That we will finally hear him. See, we need to change our focus and we need to be ready for those moments when God calls us when he places us in front of someone, when he moves us to a place or when he has an opportunity for us to share the hope of Jesus Christ with someone. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. There you go, let's be people of prayer. Well, the last thing that we see here is that you and I, we should believe that God's word is, is enough. Do you believe that God's word is enough this morning? Do you believe that that God's word has all the promises, all the things that we need for this life? See, God's word will help us to be ready. See, it's where the promises are found. Verses 18 and 19 in our passage, it says, Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? So that's a question that that you and I should ask. How shall we know this? How shall we know these promises? How shall I know how I should live my life today? What are the things that I should do? Zechariah says, For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. See, I think this is kind of a problem that we need to acknowledge here. And I understand it. I get it because, you know, I'm no different than anybody else. But we have to trust and believe that God's word is enough. In those tough moments, in those quiet moments, in those great moments, We have to trust and believe that God's word is in us. His promises in here, in God's word, are for each and every one of us. See, when when God says that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, he says that to you. See, when God says that, that he freed the Israelites from the bondage of the Egyptians, he's saying that to you. He's saying that he's going to free you from the bondage of sin. The yoke of sin. that slavery. That thing that holds you and restricts you from being who God intended you to be. You know, the Bible tells us that, let me read it. It's not going to be on the screen, but if you'd like to turn with me To Proverbs chapter 1. Starting in verse 2, it says, To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction and wise dealing in righteous justice and equity to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning and let the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. And then it says this. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. See, we have to believe that God's word is enough. We have to trust that God will guide us. That what God tells us here in his word and his scripture, that those are the promises meant for you and I. When he talks about joy and life and more abundant life, when he talks about all of those things, those are promises that he's given to each and every one of us. But we have to truly believe it and trust it. We have to own that. See, we have to own our faith. I want to ask you this morning, are you ready? Are you ready? Over the coming weeks, we're going to have an opportunity to invite friends and family and neighbors and coworkers and all of the people that God has placed in our lives to come and see and understand really the true meaning of this season. It's not about shopping. It's not about gifts. It's not about Anything else but the one true gift, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen? I want to challenge you this week because we have to live a life that's on call, because we have to be persistent in our prayers, and we have to believe that God's word is enough. I want to challenge you this week to find a few promises in God's word. I want to challenge you to find those promises and even in your notes there, you can write them down there. i give you a little portion in your notes that you can write them down in there to keep in your Bible. Find those promises in God's word and believe in them and trust in them. And I want you to do this. And not because Floyd said, but because God's word tells us to do this. God's word says go. It says go and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Go and share the promises of God. Show them that you are in awe of this God that created heaven and earth, that created you and brought you to this place in this moment for these people. Can we do that together? Are we ready? ready. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this glorious day. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all that you are in our lives. Father, we are a people that just want to follow you and live for you. Father, though we are not a perfect people, though we struggle in moments, though we have things that that distract us and move us away from the things that you desire for us, Father. Father, we, we want to be prepared for the things that you have for us. So Lord, as we look to your word, as we look to your son, Jesus Christ, as we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, Father, guide us. Prepare the way for us. Help us to see clearly. Help us to live lives that are in all of you. Help us to live lives that are a reflection of you. Lord, I thank you for every heart in this this room. I thank you for every soul. Father, I know that you are doing great things, that you are never silent, that you are always at work. And Lord, we trust in you this morning. Lord, thank you as we sing this last song, Father. We love you, and we praise you, and we do it all in Jesus'
0: name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You are invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.